Welcome to this month's Millennial Spotlight brought to you by Lead with Intention. I'm Leslie Bosserman, executive coach and lifestyle strategist partnering with millennial leaders and their managers. The purpose of these conversations with millennial changemakers is to deepen and extend the dialogue around how to lead with intention. This month, we're focusing on the intention of community and the impact that collaboration can have on building relationships to serve a larger purpose. So I'm here with Melissa Luvisi. She's an entrepreneur, a content strategist, and an arts liaison who founded a boutique marketing firm called Lou Curates Media. So welcome, Melissa. So great to have you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, Just share a little bit more about kind of who you are and your background with our listeners. Yeah, so I'm I'm not really sure where I should start. Um, I grew up in a really small town, and I think that that in a lot of ways guides a lot of my marketing decisions and my like own personal philosophical beliefs about how to make the world run. Um, but I started out my career at the Hammer Museum in Los Angeles when I was attending UCLA, and then I went on to work for a company called Tender Greens, which at the time um, I started with them, they were just kind of, they had three restaurants, but they were pretty small. Now they have over 30 locations and I mean, they're moving to the East Coast and they've just really exploded. And I was really lucky I got to like sit in on their board meetings uh, with the owners. I was their one of their first corporate employees. Um, and then I moved back to, I moved to Pittsburgh where I started my first business, which was a cultural resource for the city. And then I moved back to California to oh, take care of my 17 year old deaf brother. Um, so that's been an adventure in parenting. Um, and yeah, and so that's kind of what landed me here. And we connected at one of our TEDx Sacramento events and I was so taken by just your compassion and how thoughtful you are. So I was excited when we reconnected and to have you featured today. So I know you're somebody who throughout your life, through the different seasons and the different opportunities, you've really focused on how to foster community and build relationships. So tell me from your perspective, why is building community so important? Well, you know, I, um, so I'm a foster kid and so I kind of am the product of my community. Um, I, you know, I was a high school dropout and I was taken in when I was 17, my senior year of high school. And I did graduate on time and then went on to college, but that wouldn't have been possible if I didn't have literally a community of people sitting there and supporting me. And so I think that that's why one of the reasons why I value it so much. And then I think that the internet has so much power to create awesome change through connecting people in their passions and using that, using online communities to have a stronger voice, which was a voice we didn't really have before the internet. Um, And so kind of seeing people use social media to create change is something that really interests me. Awesome. And when you're thinking about other millennials, so ages like 25 to 35, kind of giving you a range, when they're seeking community or seeking experiences, whether it's through activism or community engagement, or just maybe building networks within their communities, what are some of the trends or the things that you're noticing? Um, so I think that, you know, we use, we use, for example, we're in kind of a 
tumultuous political climate right now. And I think that we use Facebook to express our um, opinions about what's going on in the world. Um, but I think that it's also what I've noticed and some of the things that I find have found really inspiring are the people that are using Facebook to not only express their opinions, but also to document their journey into political activism. So I've seen a lot of people being like, okay, I don't agree with what's going on. So instead I'm going to show people around them and use my Facebook platform or my Instagram platform to show how I'm finding these different spaces and where, where we're going and documenting their journey. And I, that's something that's been really moving to me, particularly just in response to what's going on now. Um, but I think a good example of, so a good example of people using community to create change would be one, one of my favorite examples is when I worked at Tender Greens. So Tender Greens at the time they had four, three restaurants. They moved up, they ended up having seven. I worked with them from three to seven. Um, and I'll never forget, you know, coming out of college, the economy crashed when I graduated college. So I graduated college in 2009, which was quite possibly the worst time to try to get a job in the arts. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I started slinging salads at this restaurant. Um, that's what I, and I worked like at night and I was working six jobs and my foster parents were like, you need to move home. You're making no money. <laughs> like you're living in LA. It's not working for you. <laughs> um, and I was like, just give me six months. And so I eventually convinced Tender Greens to hire me as their executive assistant, uh, where I worked directly with the owners through like that growth spurt of theirs. And that was really their first big growth spurt because before they had, this was the first time they were building three restaurants in one year before it was like one after another slowly. Um, and so that was just a really amazing thing to experience, but it wasn't just the arts that were affected by the economy. It was also these farms. So like if a tender greens opens up near you, they have about 60 different vendors and almost all of them are local. So that's like a huge economy jump for that community that they open up in. And there was a cheese farm at the time that was struggling and I'll just never forget, we basically sent out a call to all seven of our managers and said, we're buying this goat cheese in all of our restaurants. And our restaurants would serve anywhere from 800 to 1,000 people a lunch rush wow. to kind of give you an idea of how successful this restaurant was during this economic downfall. It was really impressive. And the reason was it's because they were bringing a good product. Like their whole thing was bring great, healthy produce, natural produce to the masses at a reasonable price. And before they started, like you couldn't really, that didn't exist, it exists now, but be, they were kind of one of the first people to spearhead that trend. One in the locally sourced products nonetheless. Yes, yeah, so, and I mean, they ended up bringing that cheese farm from the red to the green. And like, that was just an amazing thing to like sit there and witness, like the power of how if you work together and you support one another, how we can also cultivate our businesses, even in times of economic stress. So if there's, let's say a 30 something listening to this going, man, I have a vision and I want to get deeper into my community, or maybe you're someone who's listening who has just transitioned into a new community and is trying to get plugged in. Um, so beyond kind of the, the so political I, climate or, yeah, or yeah, the, yeah. the meta view of this, which I, I totally appreciate, um, what, what would be your boots on the ground kind of advice or observations? 
networking and not networking. Like you can't go into networking like, oh, I'm going to get something like just kind of it's networking is kind of like dating, you know, like you can't like you can't be too eager or else like people are like, what's going on? Yes. yes. But, um, but I think just supporting people and continuing to support. So, you know, in the arts like that, for me, it's like going to art openings, going to art shows and talks and getting to meet people and then slowly and then support finding out, finding out finding artists that are doing things that you really appreciate and supporting them by liking their stuff on Facebook or Instagram or buying a print. Or, you know, if you see something, you see someone doing something, connecting them up with someone else. And as a millennial, you know, I come from a generation of like transparency. You know, I just think that it's true. Like, I just come from a generation of transparency. So I feel like I try to be pretty transparent with a lot of the stuff that we do. And I know that that's a generational thing, but I don't have a problem connecting to people that I think are doing positive things. I don't try to like keep it secret as a competitive edge because at the end of the day, I think that when you put positivity out there, people appreciate that. And it comes back to you, you know, if you help support someone else, they, you'd be surprised how many call. That's how I get most of my clients yeah. actually. Is well, people they be, see who you oh, are. I just, yeah. yeah. They're like, I don't, I'm an awful salesperson, awful salesperson. <laughs> but what pe- the reason why people refer people back to me is because they know that I work hard and that I have, that I do like try to stay on that line of integrity and like doing good business. And, you know, I support my clients and I want the best for them. And one, one thing you're highlighting just so clearly is the ability to be authentic and genuine in who you are and how you connect. And I, I loved it when you said, don't go into a community like trying too hard. Um, I always give people the advice that when you show up in a new space, always ask yourself, what am I able to contribute here? What is my gift? What can I give because then you're not focusing on what you need or what you can get or what even your expectation is for it to be successful. You're really there to serve. And if you can go in with that kind of genuine attitude like you're describing, people are going to flock to you. The right people will, not the skeezy ones who just want something from you. <laughs> but the, the people that really want to know you and know your gift. Right. And that is like the key point and philosophy I try to bring into like my social media marketing is what can we offer to people? And I'm not fully there yet. And I I think that it's always an evolving thing. But I think that instead of just posting, oh, these are my opinions, posting, these are my opinions. And if you agree with me, here are things that you can do to become active and kind of using our platforms because now we have so many of them to help others. I think that that's where you're really going to see some strong movement in social spaces online. Yeah. So like if you have access to something, whether it's a skill or something tangible um, or even a service, how do you use that to advance someone who might need to be more connected or to just connect with somebody who needs that support? I think if we can start looking at our networks and our our societies more like that kind of family approach of if someone in your family, immediate family or extended family is hurting, everyone hurts. It, it impacts everyone. And we know this, whether it's biological family or um, family we've chosen. And so 
it's figuring out how do we not just wait till something hurts, but how do we go out there and reach out because we have the ability to. And that's one thing that, you know, my experience with the deaf community has been so positive because, you know, I took in my brother and I had to learn sign language while trying, while trying to learn also how to raise a teenager and be the best example that I, I can be while I like get him through this like high school phase. And the deaf community just, I mean, immediately came and supported me. And I don't know how I could have gotten through that transition. And when you see the power of a community and a culture, you know, the deaf community has its own culture, like those that they build upon each other and they always support one another. If you, you know, if you think of your communities as family, then you'll respect them, even if you don't agree with them sometimes, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, you know, but you respect them and you try to find that line of compassion. That's beautiful. And, and so, so true. Um, So, if there was a millennial out there who's feeling kind of isolated or struggling, I, mean, I know you mentioned to kind of get out there and network. Is there anything else that you would share with, with this individual to help get them plugged in? Yeah. I mean, I think some of the, it, I mean, I think like reaching out, I think that people, sometimes we do get stuck behind our computers. So there's like, it's kind of finding a balance, right? It's easy to get, especially in the line of work that I do to get stuck behind your computer and not leave and go to physical events or go to physical um, cultural events. But I think that physically going and meeting the face to face or also just asking someone that you meet that you think it out to lunch. A lot of times if they're not say like super type A or at the top of their game, chances are like we're all starting something. We'll always take a coffee date or a lunch date. And what's the worst case? They, the person that you ask says no. Well, you're back where you started and don't take offense to it and just move on and ask someone else out to lunch and ask someone else out to coffee. It's kind of like when you move to a new city, you're, you have to, or when you're traveling alone, you have to ask people how to get to where you're going. And so not being afraid to like ask those questions. And then also there's Facebook groups, there's Twitter chats, there's Instagram lives that you can participate in where you're now connecting with people who are creating content online if you can't physically leave or go out, you know, and try to make connections that way. A lot of my friends I've met on the internet. Yeah. And there's so many entry (laughs) points and then, well, the internet's amazing in connecting that way, but I like, I love your um, highlighting the balance between finding space to connect virtually and then making sure you do get out there. And one of my favorite suggestions, I have a lot of clients who are like, well, what, where do I start? Like I'm, I've graduated college, it was easy to make friends, and now I'm in a job and I see people at work, but I don't really have community or I don't really know how to contribute. It's it's sitting with that small voice inside of you that says, there's something else out there for you. Not the one that sabotages you and, and keeps you small, but that whisper that's saying, or sometimes it's more like a shout saying, you're passionate about this, go find it, or better yet, go create it. And, and start where you are. Um, I found some of my best friends in new communities, whether it was moving from West LA to Central Illinois or back to the West Coast to Portland to <laughs> the Middle East where I <laughs> lived for a year in Jordan, then to Sacramento, right? So it's, it's looking at it and saying, what's something that just interests me? Like you mentioned art openings and other creative venues. Just go to those things. See who's there. Even if you don't meet your new best friend or your future partner, like... <laughs> you still will have a good time because you're interested in it. 
Yeah. And I think too, it's also a matter. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think it's kind of that if you build it, they will come, Mm -hmm. you know, if you see that there is a creative space lacking in the community that you're living in, then try to then create it, you know, do a one-off underground art show and try to bring in artists. Cause you know, every, we all have our own networks and we can create these amazing experiences. Um, and they're not that expensive, you know, just buy some cheap turtle beers, what they used to do in Culver city. (laughs) (laughs) Call it a day. (laughs) Whether Um, it's a pitcher of water or turtle beer, just go, just, just be where you are and start where you are. We started with lemonade stands, so, you know, but that was a little bit, I couldn't probably have gotten away with turtle beer at that age. So, (laughs) awesome. Um, So, do you have any other advice for millennials who want to get plugged in or um, anything that they might want to avoid as well? Yeah, I think, I think that, yeah, it's just that being genuine and trusting yourself. I think it's as we get older, you know, or there's, as we get older, it's, we don't always trust ourselves. And especially if you're going into like entrepreneurial spaces, like finding that like inner strength and inner trust is a a journey and a practice. Um, it doesn't come, it doesn't always come naturally. Um, and I think just like also plugging in with the people that you're meeting, making sure you're like checking up, you know, being as you would a good friend, you know, think of your work network as treat people the same way that you would your friends, you know, and stay like tuned in. I love that. That's awesome. So anything else that you wanted to share before we wrap up today? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, I think that, thank you so much for inviting me to come and do this talk. And I think that, yeah, I'm excited to see as things progress. I think that, um, you know, we also met up through the hive and I think that the hive does a really good job of connecting people and keeping like social spaces. I think there's a lot of power in Facebook groups. So if people are looking to try to connect, I think that they should, you know, find Facebook groups that match their passions and kind of look, see what's going on in those communities and those spaces and see how people are reacting to them. Cause I think that that will give you a, a better idea of what your looking at. Yeah, absolutely. So whether it's a Facebook group or a meetup group is another, um, another good space. And Melissa, you mentioned like the urban hive is a really popular and well-known co-working space in midtown Sacramento. So if you're looking to get plugged in with other entrepreneurs or just kind of get out of your own head. Um, I know many major cities and some suburbs have co-working spaces where you can go and you can work even if it's just for a day. Um, I've, when I've traveled like up to Portland, I've gone, to co-working spaces just for the day or a couple hours versus a coffee shop because I feel like there's more community in that space. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we spend so much time when you're working remotely or you're working by yourself or you're running your own business, you spend a lot of time by yourself and not everyone is extroverted, but I'm a very social person. And so working by myself became really isolatory. And so going to like, a space where I'm working with other people. And the best thing about my coworkers too, is that there's no weird politics. Like there sometimes are in big companies. <laughs> it's like, Oh, my coworkers are awesome. We're all trying to help each other. And we like, don't actually work together. Yeah. But, um, so that, that's something that I think has been 
a really positive networking tool for me or just also like an emotional tool <laughs> to see other people and make remind myself that there is a world out there. Yeah, and it's powerful. Like some people ask me, well, why are you part of a co-working space versus just working from home in your home office that you have or going to a coffee shop when you need to get out? I said, it's nice to show up to a space where you feel known and seen and valued, even if you're not there every day, you build relationships. And I, I believe the foundation of community is looking at your core values and then building relationships that strengthen those. And it helps you activate your vision in that way. No, I totally agree with that. And I think that when you, yeah, and these spaces create those, bring those types of people together a lot. and. Yeah, I think that that's, I mean, there's a lot of power in like experiential like events and I don't know, I I just feel like we get so stuck behind our computers that I think the next phase is going to be more of these kind of talks, TED Talks, like all that kind of stuff because it forces people to come out and be together. Yeah, and to be exposed to ideas that they're not comfortable with that are different. And so that's the, that's the flip side. While you want to connect around your core values Oftentimes in these community spaces, you encounter people who see things from a different perspective or have a different way of being, and that's uncomfortable and sometimes frustrating, but that's where you realize, oh, wow, it feels like their core value of whatever it is, is punching my core value in the face or playing tug of war with it. And I think that's the space in community where powerful relationships can be forged when we're not afraid of the other, but we're willing and curious to learn from them and, and with that relationship. Yeah, I mean, that's where transformation comes. And I think that working together despite your differences is a really powerful thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you again for being with us. And I just wanted to let everyone know, if you want to learn more about Melissa's work, you can go to www.lucurates.com. So lucurates.com. Um, she's also on Snapchat and Instagram under the same handle. So Lou Curates. So check her work out. Um, connect with her. Build that community, whether it's virtually or if you're in a physical space, she, she'd love to connect with you. Um, and then as you continue exploring what community means to you and how you can engage, I invite you to check out leadwithintention.com. We have more insights and perspectives from other millennial changemakers to help build your community and your tribe as you grow your leadership potential. So thanks again for being with us. This is Leslie Bosterman inviting you to join the wholehearted leadership revolution as you continue leading with intention.